Welcome to the Lover's Lounge podcast, where we talk to experts and other guests on topics related to love, relationships, and sex. I am your host, Tina Love, and on this episode, we have Anwar White. Anwar is the founder of the Get Your Guy Coaching Program and host of the Get Your Guy Coaching Podcast. He is a certified dating and relationship coach who has helped thousands of smart and successful women heal their hearts date effectively, and guess what? Get their guy. Anwar, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Appreciate being here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. Um, just been listening to your, your podcast and um, looking at you on YouTube, well, your podcast on YouTube and everything. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to have you on to give some of these ladies and maybe even men who are listening, um, information and tips on of course how to get their guy you know um so yeah. yeah so first off um i want the audience to get to know you and i want to get to know you too a little bit more um so why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself so i understand you have you have three kids and you're, you're raising them with your partner so yeah tell me all about it yeah i'm originally from california okay. and um yes I have a partner, I've been married for five years, have three kids, twins, and then a, a seven-year-old twins, and then a three-year-old. And um, I am someone who has always really uh, been able to navigate a variety of different social circles. And so I always tell people, like, I, well, I was that kid in elementary school that was, like, playing basketball with the boys and then playing double dutch with the girls, oh, you know? Okay, and, yeah. like... Helping the boys talk to the girls and the girls talk to the boys. I literally have been doing this dating and relationship thing forever. Really? Right? Wow. And so, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until I, like, after I got my MBA from Columbia, I was getting in contact with a lot of my amazing female classmates. Yeah. And they were rocking out their entire lives, right? They got the car, they got the home, they going on these amazing vacations and, and things like that they're running marathons but it was the, the, their love life that was like not so great right yeah. and like so me being the type a person that i am i was like girl i'm just gonna take this over for you like this is ridiculous you're like too amazing to not have everything that you want and desire in your life and so that's what i did so yeah. like i would transform their dating profiles i would help them when they were communicating with men and going out on dates and things like that and before I knew it, all of them were in really great relationships. And then within a year, you know, a year or two, they were all getting engaged and married. And I was like, I'm really good at this. I need to actually do this. Because yeah. before that, I was running billion dollar budgets and head of finance and head of marketing for retail companies. And then I was like, mm, I like this more. And that's why I've been doing this for over a decade now. Wow. So I've been helping amazing women you know get their guy and do the healing work that they need to to not just you know i always say that you can get into a relationship tomorrow just by lowering your standards mm -hmm. right but okay. it's really about getting into a relationship an amazing relationship and maintaining that and that requires internal work um, and becoming the best partner that you can be and so that's really the work that I do with my clients and what I focus on. Wow. You've said so much. I mean, you're right. There are, there are lots and lots of women and, and men who are pretty amazing people, very, um, you know, accomplished, uh, have credentials and, you know, working professionally. And, you know, some of them 
have children, uh, you know, maybe from another uh, relationship or so. They've gotten divorced and they have been divorced for a while or they've just been single for a while and they can't seem to really find that person. You know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah. unfortunately, there's a lot of them that have really kind of lost hope. Like I know I see so many posts and just people who are just like, you know what, I'm just done. I can't find like, I can't find that good person. Like, why should I even try? You know, and it's sad. It's sad. Um, but it, it's good to know that you have your coaching program and you're helping people to, to do that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, last Friday, one of my clients re uh, sent me a text message at 11 p.m. letting me know that she had gotten engaged. So it's definitely very possible, right? And like, uh, like roughly 90% of the women that I work with get into amazing relationships. That's awesome. Um, within the six months of working with me, and then roughly two thirds of them are either engaged or married within two years. So uh -huh. I'm saying all of that not to be braggadocious, but to let everyone out there know that it's very possible. But you know, you have to create right your love life and what you want of it and not just wait you know the same people that are losing hope are the same people that are home you know watching netflix yeah. and not doing anything about it yeah. so yeah. you you are a co-creator in your love life so we also need to take some responsibility when it comes to that as well i'm so glad that you mentioned and and just talking about just the experience that you have and going all the way back when you were younger you know fixing people up because you know i i could imagine i i I advertised that I was going to be doing this show with you. And I did get some response from women saying like, how is he going to help me get a guy? Like what makes him able oh my to, God. yes. What makes him able to help me get a guy? And I said, well, I don't know, you know, I'm going to talk to him, but then it could be, he is a guy. So he knows, you know, what guys want and you know what I mean? So it was just kind of interesting. And so I'm glad that you went through all of your experience and, you know, um, your accomplishments in this field and that you have indeed helped a lot of women to do this and possibly. Yeah. I, I will say, so, I will say something to that because I think it's really important to understand that, you know, I've always had a very unique perspective. I think that because I am gay, I also, I have the male and the female perspective. So okay. I can understand both perspectives and really help, right. The women that I work with, not only understand, try to understand how they were coming off to men and how men are perceiving them, but also give them the translation of understanding what men are doing and how to understand that as well. Very right. Good. So I think that that's really important to under, to understand, I think what makes me unique in this dating coaching realm. Very I think good. a lot of male coaches will focus on the kind of external, this is what you text, this is what you say, this, da, da, da. and a lot of the female dating coaches are focused on the internal work, right? Yeah. I focus on both. Right. Because I know that the optimal way to get amazing results, but also get amazing healing at the same time is to focus on both. Wow. Awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that then. You you kind of have uh, the best of both worlds then, so to speak, um, because you're that's from, right, girl. That's awesome. That is awesome. That, <laughs> and I will just I will also say this, too, because, you know, uh, I used to be head of strategy for a, a retail company and I would do research. And we would try to figure out, I would go into stores and talk to customers and they would say, you know, the women actually spend more with gay men that are helping them because they feel more open, less judged, right? And open to be more vulnerable about what they want and what they need. And I feel like that's the experience that I have with my clients as well, where they can really show up as all of themselves. I love it. To help 
you know, help themselves really heal and be vulnerable, which for a lot of my smart and successful clients, it's really hard to do. Yeah. You know what? I I can totally agree. I have very close friends uh, that are gay and I feel like my relationship with them is very different from just a male friend that I have. I do feel differently when I'm talking to my gay male friends. Like I just feel like I can be more of, I don't know, be more vulnerable, like you said, and just be, you know, put it all out there. And more of yourself. And more of myself, you know. Knowing that we're not going to judge you. Yeah. (laughs) Come to think of it, it, that it makes a difference. It really does. And I love my gay male friends. Like it's, it's some of the best relationships that I've ever had. And I'm so thankful and glad to have today. So yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So true. So of course. Yeah. So I recently uh, heard a show that you did with one of your clients, uh, Dina Mm -hmm. Lewis, Dina Lewis, my girl Uh, Dina. Yeah. She is, I tell you that girl, she really seems to have had a transformation just listening to that show, that episode. And it was really girl, healed, girl. Yes, healed. yes, yes. It was a <laughs> hashtag healed, girl. Yes, it was apparent that she'd done a lot of work to get where she was. And um, one thing she discovered very early on was that I heard her say, you know, that she was a caretaker in her relationships. Like she yeah. just, you know. So, just can you tell the audience, like, what? I guess it's good to be a caretaker, but at the same time, sometimes when you are in a relationship, then it doesn't end up working favorably for you, that caretaking characteristic. So can you kind of tell people why that's not so good sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would just let you know that roughly 20% of my clientele are caretakers, right? Nurses, teachers, therapists, social workers, right? Um, And so what generally happens is that they're just naturally like this and that's why they pursued the careers that they pursued. Right. Um, but they're also bringing this into their relationships. And one thing that I think is helpful to understand is like giving and caretaking um, is, is actually a very masculine energy trait mm. because giving is providing. Yeah. Right. Love it. And yeah. if you're a woman who wants to be in her dominant feminine energy, then you giving to a man is going to do one of two things. It's either going to emasculate him mm. to the point where he becomes a child, a Peter Pan is what I call them, and you're mothering him, mm-hmm. which you obviously are going to be super resentful for. Or because you're going to be giving, he's going to see that as competition. And he's going to want to compete with you as it pertains to like providing and giving. And you'll argue and you'll butt heads because you're trying to control the relationship. Wow. Right. And so that one of the things that I think is really important when we think about this is one, like uh, as a woman, like how you want to show up in this relationship and you get to choose. If you want to stay in your masculine energy, it just means that your dating strategy changes and we're going to be looking for different men for you. If you want to, if you want to be in your feminine energy, then we're going to be looking for a certain kind of more dominant masculine man, and your dating strategy is going to change, right? But you get to choose. I think there are a lot of people out there that are telling women that they have to be in their feminine energy. We are in a very different world. It's yeah. 2021. It's not 1980s. It's not 1970s. You get to do whatever you want. You have much more financial stability than you than your mother had, that your grandmother had, and and also men are different as well. Society has changed men, so. 
you have to also, you have to be okay with, let's say, if you want to be in your masculine energy, it means that you probably need to be focused on men that are teachers, that are nurses, mm. right? That are creative, wow. right? Things okay. like that. That's what I'm talking about when I say, because it's the polarity that works. doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or you're in a same sex or a heterosexual relationship. It's the masculine and the feminine. And that's it. We, we all have both of those, yes, right? Yes. But it's about how you represent yourself in a relationship uh, in the beginning parts of the relationship in the courtship that will give you an understanding of what you're going to be attracting, right? And I, I want to make that clear that it's at the beginning of the relationship because at some point in a relationship, the masculine and the feminine, feminine actually doesn't matter. And you guys just become a team and you figure out who does the best of what okay. and then that person does it. Very good. <laughs> right? But so in the beginning... Not, this isn't something that happens forever, yeah. right? This yeah. is just something that is happening in the courtship phase before you get into like an exclusive and, and more serious relationship because there are stages to this of course yeah and one thing that i also want to offer to you right is that you know when we're let's say around 50 years old mm-hmm. and um uh women are going through menopause mm-hmm. men also don't have as much testosterone so this notion even chemically and biologically right uh it changes this masculine and feminine energy. So it's, it's, it's not crazy for us to understand why women are actually killing it in their careers in 40, 50, 60 years old. And men are becoming much more homebodies and, you know, taking care of gardens and things like that. Right. Wow. Yes. I say all this to say masculine and feminine energy changes. Yes. Part of it is biological, but it's also kind of social programming as well. And that if you choose to do one thing, realize that when you become it, when you get into a relationship, it will change. And that's OK, too. Wow. You've said so much. It, it, that's it's really deep and because I'm as you were talking about it, I was kind of thinking about myself and the transition yes, that I've kind of gone through. Um, because, yes, I've been one that was always, you know, in my career, I was the boss. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think I probably brought that dominant masculine um, energy (laughs) to my relationships. And I think in my previous marriage, he's deceased now, but I can remember I was that person that was kind of like, well, I was the head of the household. I'm, you know, the one, the breadwinner of the family. You know what I mean? Like I was bringing more financially to the table. And I think I kind of took on that energy of I'm kind of running things, but I really I, I look back now, I didn't want to, but yet I was kind of doing that. And so now I know I've kind of gone through a transition. And so now I'm in a okay. different space today, but I can reflect back and see where when I did that, like you said, it made this man sort of allow me to do that. And he kind of took a step back and was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to let her do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's easy. I'm not going to fight with you. <laughs> Depending on the person, if you want to do everything, go on and do it, girl. Isn't that something? Right? Yes. The other thing that I want to say about caretaking, which I think is really important for all women, but especially women of color, is we are we model our behavior based on what we see of our mothers. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you grew up in a single mother household, right, a single parent household, and you see your mom doing everything and giving to everyone else, because mm-hmm. that was kind of the MO for women yep. in, in previous generations. And even now, right, women struggle with that on a daily basis, that my role is to give 
And so I give, 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 give so much, and then I have nothing for myself. Yes. And part of what I'm teaching my clients is that we have to actually be self-centered in this love game, that we have to be focused on ourselves and how we're feeling so that we can know how we're feeling at all times and then communicate it to our men, right? And so that they know and they have a roadmap in terms of how to please you mm-hmm. because pleasing you pleases them, right? But yeah. if you don't know how you're feeling, if you don't know what you want at that time, you can't tell it to them. And yeah. so there's going to be disconnect. I love it. And right? I want to talk more yeah. about that. I want to talk more about that uh, as we go into the interview more because I know that you really do emphasize being able to you know, express, you know, what it is that you want and what it is that you need in a relationship. But I Mm -hmm. I want to dig a little bit deeper with this masculine and feminine energy because so are you pretty much saying too that because you said earlier, if you're going to have the masculine energy, then you're going to need to shift your strategy and you're going to need to decide to have a different kind of man. Um, Mm -hmm. If this person doesn't have that kind of man, but still wants to be the masculine dominant person, but yet she's got a dominant kind of man. Mm, I can see where that's going to be. It's not going to work. Yeah. And I can see where that probably is happening out there. So can you kind of share that dynamic? It's not going to work. Tell me about that. Like I was saying before, you guys are going to be button button heads, right? I always, I always say, you know, um, masculine energy is driving the car. Feminine energy is in the passenger seat with the GPS, right? So you can't have two drivers. Yeah. You need someone to give the direction of the relationship, give the pace of the relationship, give the depth of the relationship. And oftentimes the feminine energy is doing that, right? right. And so, um, yes, there are a lot of masculine energy, Strong. dominant masculine energy women out there yes. that you know, mistakenly are looking for dominant masculine men or don't know how to be feminine, right? And so part of the work that I do with my clients is teach them, uh, you know, how to be in their feminine energy during their courtship phase um, in terms of communication and in terms of allowing, right? In terms of accepting, in terms of receiving, Right. I was just on the phone with a woman, um, a consultant that I'm working with in Chicago, and she was talking about how a guy, um, you know, messaged her and said, hey, come over. I'm going to I'm going to pay for that Uber for you to come over and we can chill on my rooftop. Right. And she felt weird. She didn't want to do it. I'm like, no, girl, you, we allow that. Yeah. We allow that to happen yeah. because we don't want to feel like we're being controlled because we don't want to feel like we have to owe him something. Mm. No, he wants to do that because that's going to make him feel good about pleasing you and taking care of you. Men are wired to provide. Yes, yes. So providing is part of that, right? And so, you know, I think that, especially if you're a woman of color, right, you don't want to be, um, you know, you don't want to feel like you owe or someone is controlling you, right? And whether that's professionally or personally. And so I think it's harder for women of color to do this. Um, But, you're going to have to do this if you want to be successful in this love game. If you're looking for a dominant masculine man. Yes, I love it. Thank you, Anwar. That is exactly what I wanted you to communicate out there to to ladies, because I'm going to tell you, I know women like this, right? I used to be one. <laughs> and they want this strong man, but they also want to be strong. And the men are going, you know, men are like, you know what? You're going to have to decide. You know, you got to 
let me be what I'm trying to be, you know. <laughs> um, but if you don't let him, then, you know, it just causes a problem. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and here, and here's what I want to say. Well, here's what I want to say around that too, because yeah. I think it's important to give your listeners a little bit more depth. I yes. try to serve as much as I can. Um, part of not trust. This is about. This is twofold, trust. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of not trusting men has to do with what we what happens in our relationship with our father, but also not allowing ourselves to be in our feminine energy means that there are also some feminine wounds that are based with the relationship with our mother that we need to heal, Mm. right? And that allows us to trust ourselves to be in the feminine, right? Whereas maybe before we didn't. A lot of people talk about daddy issues, but mother issues, I actually, in my experience, because I work with smart, successful, high-achieving women, are more important. And when it comes to sitting into our feminine energy. So I want to offer that, that I think a lot of times we don't really think about that, but if your mother is overly critical, if she's trying to make you perfect and then you become a people pleaser, that's going to be an issue, mm. right? In terms of how you show up in your adult relationship. Oh my goodness. So it, it, and that happens a lot, especially with black mothers, right? Um, you know, I'm going to be doing a, an episode about black narcissistic mothers. And this is not me coming for black mothers. Right. Um, I come from a black mother and I primarily work with black women. What I am saying, though, which I think is really important, is that, you know, when you come into a society that is telling you everything that you do is wrong and we don't like you and you can't do anything that's going to be, um, you know, appealing to us, what generally happens is that those women, when they have children, try to make them as perfect as possible and try to feel their inadequacies Mm. within their children. Wow. Right? Yeah. Especially their daughters. So that's the stuff that we got to clear up, right? Yeah. Wow. And have a different way of doing things and unlearning some of those relationships Mm -hmm. and what we equate as love Mm -hmm. when it comes to our parents um, and learn a new way. Man. And that's what this is about. Yeah. You are just really, that is so deep. That is so deep. And I don't know if the listeners are really catching this or not. I hope they are. But this, what you just shared. They better, yeah. if they don't, they better rewind it and hear yes, it again. It's right? so deep, but this is, you're so But this right. is the work. This is the work, right? Yeah. When, you, when people talk about the work, it's about making the connections and being very clear about why you do what you do, mm. when you do what you do, how you do what you do. You've got to have an answer for all of that. Yes. And you mentioned Dina Lewis's episode. Girl had an answer for everything. It was yeah. super clear. That's, that's healing, right? Yeah. And being able to talk through it Without emo- without emotion, okay. without it taking over, yeah, that's healing. She did a great right? job. But you got to know, you have to be able to acknowledge that. And that's the work that I do with my clients so that you're not bringing all of that mess into your future partnership and with your future husband. Yeah. You talk about right? knowing yeah. your history. Knowing your history is really important. And I think that's kind of what you're tapping into there about why you do what you do or talking about childhood mm-hmm. and all of that. So can you just kind of share the process or the phase that you go through in your consultation or when you get with a client and you, I don't know, how, how do you phase in getting them to talk about that history so that you learn about them and so that they kind of reflect and learn about themselves and then sort of connect the dots I'm thinking is what tends to happen. 
Well, I'm not going to go through my secret sauce. Yes, girl. don't do that. Don't but. do all of that. But you know, but you do, you do go through. No, I'm totally playing. I'm yeah. totally playing. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, so what do we do? Um, first, I think it's important to get an understanding of how you're navigating your current life, right? Your current relationship. So we start presently, right? And then we work backwards to understand about your past relationships and how you've shown up and how they've shown up and what you've accepted and what you haven't accepted Mm -hmm. and why you accepted that and why you didn't accept that. And then we go into childhood, right? What I tell my clients and what I think is going to be important for your listeners is that, you know, you're going to have your own dream checklist of the person that you want to be with, right? And those are what I call your wants. But what you need is something very different. Mm. What you need is the things that your parents didn't offer you when you were growing up, wow. right? Which is going to be the same as their love language, <laughs> yeah. right? So when you, I actually went through this with a client earlier today, a client in Canada, um, you know, and we, we figured out that it was the unconditional love, that it was attention, that it was basic life skills, right? Wow. That it was um, being cherished, that it was supporting your talent, right? that it was attention, right? Yeah. And what that looks like for you. Yeah. So when you're thinking about your checklist, I want you to be thinking about it and the things that you didn't receive as a child and make those the things, right? And mm-hmm. they should, there'll probably be like three to five things instead of like, you know, you want the guy to be funny. Yeah, that's fun. That's cute. <laughs> but like 15, 15 years down the road, I, again, I'm here to help my clients have long-term relationships, okay. right? Okay. So... I need to make sure that they are sustained and fulfilled throughout that entire amount. And like, you know, if you're, if you're dating and you, you get butterflies in your stomach and you feel in this chemistry, realize that chemistry is going to biologically be erased at 18 months. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have something else that is going to sustain, sustain you, that. right? A lot of women are looking for a chemistry and when mm-hmm. they feel it, they're like, Oh, this is it. He's the one. I, and, and you know, I got the butterflies. That's not it. That's not it. Mm-hmm. If it. If it were it, you would be with the guy that you had butterflies with. <laughs> right, right. Because some butterflies going to go somewhere and turn into a caterpillar or something. I don't know what, but they're not going to always be there. Right. Well, the butterflies <laughs> really are, it's, it's energy, right? Yes. It is, it's chemicals right. that are actually not helping you make critical decisions. Yeah, exactly. In the moment. Yeah. Right. They're affecting the way that you're making decisions. So I don't trust those butterflies. Yes, yes. It's funny. I actually, I tell my clients this, and I think it's really important to understand that, like, before a relationship feels safe, it may feel a little boring, right? Mm-hmm. For client, for people that are used to excitement, used to the butterflies and the chemistry right. and all of that, mm-hmm. it may feel a little bit boring, at which point you'll try to self-sabotage it. Right. Oh, this guy is lame. He's not doing nothing. Um, you know, he's like on my jock or whatever. Right. No, no, that's you self-sabotaging. So part of the work that I do is to give some clarity around some of the blind spots that my clients have and let them know. And, you know, sometimes call them out with love and respect about what they're sabotaging and what they're not allowing versus what's possible for them. And what this is, because that is probably a different feeling than what they've had in their past relationships, right? And right. so 
they're going to need to know what it is before they can actually test it. Yeah. And how do you get women to really be ready to do all of this work and really be very introspective about themselves and, you know, what they've experienced? Because a lot of folks are like, why do we have to talk about my childhood and why do we have to go there? I mean, do you ever have clients who just really are reluctant? I don't, I don't talk about childhood at the very beginning. Right. I know you're I talk, the beginning. I talk about childhood towards the end of my engagement. Right. And I'm telling you this because that work is deeper and yes. I have to create a, a, specific, a specific rapport with my clients mm-hmm. before we get there. Yes. Okay. We'll, ca- we'll dabble into it to make some connections, but we won't delve into it. I right actually finished an engagement with a client in New York. Right. And she, she, you know, I worked with my client for six months. Uh, she had been in a relationship with the most amazing guy um, for the past three months. Mm-hmm. Right. When he's a lawyer and he was safe and he was considerate. And she was always trying to wait for the shoe to drop on the, uh, you know. Okay. And so that's where she was at. Uh, and so we, I was coaching her through all of this. And it wasn't until this last month that we started talking about. So the relationship with her pa- with her parents and understanding why she was waiting for the shoe to drop. Okay. Right. Yeah. That like she never she never had these moments of celebration, and that's where we started to make some of those connections. Right. 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 You know, if her fa- father was an alcoholic, right, and having ragers, and you know, making scenes that anything that was celebratory for her, she never felt an opportunity to celebrate herself. Wow. Or to realize that something was going to be good for her, right? And so that's why she had that feeling. I see. But we have to do a lot of the work before we can connect it to the parent yes. so that those connections can be super clear, okay. right? I'm, I'm telling you this example because I think it's important for your, your listeners to also realize that if you're working with someone and they want to go into that immediately, they're not the professional for you. Good. And that's interesting because you know because you have to you have to create a, a level of trust before right. you actually that. that's set, what I'm saying. Yeah, set that uh, tone and environment. Um, but it's interesting because I have had other coaches on my show, and they do seem to go into that early on, and that's why I was really you know kind of asking my question because I know that a lot of them have come on this show and they've talked about how you know that's sort of some of the first things that they do, and I always say to them, how do you get women to wanted to go there you know right away or you know what I mean but I like your yeah. I like your style and that you do that after you've set the stage or here's kind the of, thing yeah. and I think it can work both ways right I I dabble into it but I don't go deep okay I think what you're probably your past coaches are doing are going into it but not getting super deep because the clients aren't ready to go there mm-hmm. right so it's just, it's pretty much a similar experience in terms of how how deep you go into it until they get to the client gets to a point where they can really kind of go there. I see. Right. Which, without, which there needs to be time to, there, there needs to be clarity around their own thoughts and their own experiences. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well now something else, I'm going to change gears a little bit. You know, at the end of the day, okay. many women just feel like they will absolutely never, you know, meet this right guy. Right. But you're always so confident with women. Um, that there are good men out there and that they will get the man totally. of their dreams. Yeah. So how are you so sure? I hear about, about yeah. because I work with clients all around the world and I'm all of my clients on a daily basis, I'm, I'm hearing about at least 10 to 15 good guys that are out there. Wow. Right. So I know that they're always there, but 
the question is not about how good men are. It's... The question is, how are you evaluating them? Mm. Right? If you think a guy is good uh-huh. and you waste two months of your life because you are ignoring the red flag, bro, that's on you, right? I actually think about dating like poker, right? That you're not supposed to be playing all of your hands. The best mm-hmm. poker players don't, right? That they actually sit on one that's good, um, <laughs> but everything else that's so-so, mm-hmm. hmm, we're not going to play that, right? Not yet. Um, and so this is about confidence. This is about being very clear about your boundaries and what you accept in terms of behavior and communication and not. And if people are not, and if men are not going to do that for you, then we move on to the next, right? This is about having a a mindset of abundance and not scarcity. Mm. And I think a lot of women have a scarcity mindset when it comes to dating and men um, nowadays. And it's not, that shouldn't be the case. And you got to break that down, that scarcity mindset. Please break that down and talk about what do you mean by that? I know what you mean, but I want the audience to hear it. What do you mean by that yeah, scarcity no problem. mindset? So I might be snatching I might be snatching a few edges. I know, I, I know, but let's this. snatch some edges. Let's put some grease on it and get them back. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's how I know that women date. Uh-huh. They're going to have strict filters. Oh, he has kids. I'm not going to talk to him. Oh, he's divorced. I'm not going to talk to him. Oh, he's shorter than five ten. I'm not going to talk to him. Oh, he doesn't have a hundred k or whatever. I'm not going to talk to him. Mm-hmm. What what that means is that there are going to be very few people that are actually going to get to you because you've already eliminated so many of them based on your criteria that you probably don't have. You're not super clear about why you have that criteria anyway. to begin with. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you do find someone. That, that checks all of the boxes on paper, you're going to hold on tight to them because they are unicorns, right? And so you actually will allow behavior mm. from those individuals that you wouldn't necessarily accept from a normal Joe. Listen, because listen. Mm. in your mind, there's no one else like this guy. Uh. He's the only guy that checks all of my boxes. Mm. Right now, you are talking about it. And you are talking about it, Anwar. Yes. And then what happens? We hold on way too long to a relationship that doesn't fully serve us. Right? Okay. And then we get mad, we get hurt, we get resentful. Our confidence goes down because this person was never for you to begin with. But you had created, you put this person on a pedestal because we checked a few boxes that are not even legit to begin with. So, what I want to offer the listeners out there is that I want you to widen your funnel and your net, right? So you could be evaluating a variety of different men and creating a different checklist, right? I I go through what each woman should be looking for based on their own past experiences, right? Because it's going to be different for every woman. This is what we call doing the work and being clear about what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. A lot of women don't really actually know because our society doesn't ask what women want. (laughs) <laughs> right and so that means that the onus is on us to figure that out on our own yes and so that's what i that's what i mean when i say scarcity mindset yes. you hold on to something right I, I say like i i'm qualitative but also quantitative in my approach to love and dating because i was also a statistics major when i was an undergrad mm-hmm. so 
I, I always tell my clients, like, give, rate them from zero to 10. Rate those dates from zero to 10. Tell me why, right? But what I know in these men that are checking their boxes but are not great for you is that they're probably a four or a five. And when you stay with the four or five long enough, you think that that's, every, that's the only thing that you can reach and that's what you deserve. And you actually deserve much more than that. And you also think that having a four or a five is better than having zero, Listen. which is no one. And right? But it actually is worse than having no one because it actually limits you for your future potential of getting an eight, nine, or 10. See what I'm talking right? about. Right? In the future. Mm. Now, you know you're talking now. You you have really, I could just, I feel like I'm in church right now. I'm about to give you an amen. <laughs> <laughs> because you are preaching. Oh, my goodness. Man, yeah. that is so So cool. that's what I mean when I say scarcity mindset. Yes, I knew. Right? I knew that's what you meant. But I wanted to make sure you talked about it because, you know, there are, I, I bet there are a lot of women who, you know, they find something and they think, oh, that's just all I can get. I'm just going to hold on to this one. I'm not going to let this one go. But I mean, really, is that the best you can do? Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It could be something better. That's right. Yeah. Now, you did mention wants and what you want and what you need. And I think this is a good time to go into why it's so important to be able to understand what you want and need or and or be able to express what you want and need. We kind of touched on it earlier when I said I was going to come back to it. So why is that so important? Because what you want will make you happy in the present term, right? What you need will make you happy short, medium, and long-term, okay. right? And like I said before, I am in the business of um, helping my clients get into long-lasting, healthy relationships and marriages, right? So I ask them all the time, is this thing going to be important to you 20 years down the road? Are you going to care that he's six foot tall? Are you going to care that he has abs? Right. Are you going to care that he runs marathons? Probably not. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Right. 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 Yeah. That's fun. That might be what you want right now. Mm -hmm. Not what you need now, five years from now, 20 years from now. Right. Right. Longevity. We're in the long game. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. yes. Longevity yeah. and sustainability. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah. you also have what's called a particular way or a particular view on dating. And I, I know I heard you talk to oh my God, Dina so, ma about so many, so many. Yes. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> well, you have a view. You have a particular view on dating and, and your thoughts about it and, and everything. So can you just share a little bit about that, some of your particular views? Well, I have a lot of thoughts, girl. Are you talking about Olympic dating? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Yes. Because I think it's really important for women to realize that. Right. Being able to date other people, like not just one person. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should be, yeah, you should be dating as many people. As, this is about the abundance mindset that you need to have, right? Okay. right? As Go we were ahead. talking about scarcity mindset. Right. Yeah, it's going to be scarce if you're focusing on one guy and he's your be-all, end-all, right? When you have multiple men that you're talking to, this is the same as diversifying your portfolio in stocks and bonds. Right. Mm -hmm. This is about realizing that one might fall, but you have a, a, a couple other ones to make sure that your your love portfolio is still rocking out. 
right? Mm-hmm. When you're focused on one person, what he does is going to be live or die for you, right? Whereas when you're talking to multiple people, if he does something, that's fine. I'm just going to focus on John and Trevor, right? That's fine. And someone else will, will go up. I, when I say Olympic dating, I'm talking about, I want you to always have a gold medalist, a silver medalist, and a bronze medalist. <laughs> and you better believe every week when I talk to my clients, I ask them who's, who's in gold, who's in silver, and who's in bronze. Right. And those things can, and those levels can change, right? I think a lot of women actually date and they make a decision in their mind like this guy's the greatest, this guy's the best, and that's it. Right? This guy's a 10 and there's nothing that he can do to get himself out of a 10. But oftentimes there are other people, right, that are a slower burn, right? Take some that maybe bit. start out as a bronze or a silver but work their way up and might overtake that gold medalist because they're doing more, because they're showing up more, because they're having more fun with you, whatever it may be. I want you to be open to that, right? And open to the fact that your medalist can change, yeah. right? I used, to, I used to watch uh, figure skating all the time with my mom when I was a kid. And, you know, whoever started out would be on the top. But as more and more competitors came into the fold, they would, come, they would go down. And they wouldn't necessarily be a goal. Maybe they got knocked down or pegged down to silver or bronze. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same concept here. Right. I yeah. remember Dina kind of saying that in the beginning, I mean, she kind of had, she was a little uncomfortable with this thought, this mindset. Most women are uh, because women are socially programmed to feel like that's not something that they should do, that they're going to be, you know, called judged. a whore yeah, or exactly. whatever it may be. Men have been doing this for centuries. This is a different society. This isn't your, this isn't your mama's dating or your grandmama's dating. <laughs> right. Why do I say that? I'm, I'm ha- making fun, but here's what, why do I say that? I say that because we're just, we're not dating in our local, you know, community or town anymore. That it's wider. You have a wide variety of people out there. You could talk to people, you know, in Europe right now or in Latin America right now if you wanted to, right? There are more people. So with more people, it is important for you to explore all of that as well. This is about abundance mindset, indeed, right? And so that's why I think that that, that's important, too. Um, We also, just really quickly, we also, there's some also trepidation around, um, dating multiple men but what I know when my I force my clients to do it because most of them are resistant based to the societal programming that's happening right that it actually can become a confidence booster right because a lot of people are trying to trying to be like pick me pick me pick me yeah but when you have multiple people coming at you and wanting some of your time it's not it's not about being chosen right it's about being doing the choosing and that's what I want to empower all of my clients to do I love it I love it. And I was going to go there next because I, I think I mentioned this in one of my episodes. Um, and I was kind of like Dina, too. I heard Dina talk about how she kind of used to be just in a situation where she kind of thought, well, I'm just waiting to be, you know, for some guy to choose me. OK. And I don't know if you're in the church, you know, you hear this whole thing of he who finds a man, you know, he, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. women are all caught up in that. Like, OK, I can't choose because he's got to choose me because the bible says he who finds uh you know that kind of thing and so oftentimes women are just waiting to be chosen but you have a different view that we ought to be empowered enough to choose and that's where 
that's where it is instead of just waiting to be chosen. Am I right? Yeah, you need to, right? Let's step back a second because I think it's important to really get an understanding of where we currently are Mm -hmm. when it comes to the world. We are in a post-Me Too society. Mm -hmm. So the guys that were going to be coming up to you in real life probably aren't coming up to you as much as they used to because they don't want to be considered a harasser, a creep, whether that's at work, whether that's at church, whether that's in the coffee shop or whatever. One. Two. We are also in a, I want to say, post-pandemic, getting out of a pandemic situation Mm -hmm. where people are going to be more respectful of your space. So again, they're not going to be approaching you and coming up to you the way that maybe they had before. In the past, yeah. So I hear about all of my clients that are like, nobody comes up to me. No one is like, you know, talks to me. Part of it is because of that. And that's okay. It just means that, and this is what I do with my clients and try to find their own natural way of doing this. You need to start to take some initiative as well. Mm. Either give super green light to the men that you're interested in or you strike up the conversation and see where it goes from there. That's good. That's, right? that's really good. Yes. And it works. I, for the first time in my life, I did that, uh, what, six years ago almost. Um, mm-hmm. I actually chose someone. I was like Dina. I was the one that was just waiting to be chosen by somebody else. Uh, but I finally. And how was that working for it you? It was not good at all, at all. It was the losers, right? But when I saw mm-hmm. the caliber of person that I wanted, I went after that person. Now, after I let them know that I was interested, it was upon him then to reciprocate and to pursue me after that. So I don't feel bad about that today. But I'm just saying that there are maybe women who are listening right now who um, are feeling like they're just waiting. Let me just wait and see if he just chooses me. But, you know, you might And you know what? That is their choice. They get to do that if they want to. But don't be complaining to people about your situation. Right. Right. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Because we co-create our entire love world. Right. 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 And so if you're not doing anything about it, it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, magically appear on your lap. Right. And, and once again, I want to say too, if you choose somebody now and this man is already taken, now that's another thing, you know what I'm saying? Or, oh, you, know, course, you're married or something, you know, you just <laughs> wrong choice, you know? Um, but after you choose this person, if, if they are available and they do not reciprocate, that's the important thing. If they don't start pursuing you, then my thing is let it go. I mean, what do you think, Anwar? I mean, is that, I mean, if I'm choosing somebody and they're not choosing me back, should I still continue to pursue them or what? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, no, 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 not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. The way that I teach my clients how to date is that I want them, I think generally people date by, with this energy of like, choose me, pick me. Um, I want to be seen. Am I good enough? please let me know that I'm going to validate you, right? Right. And what I teach my clients to do is first, these people need to be showing up for you. And I have a special way that I teach all of my clients how to date and how to ensure that they're showing up. The men are showing up for them or women. Like 5% of my clientele is LGBT. Um, And making sure that people are showing up for them first and foremost before you actually give them any of your time or heart energy. Right. And then after they show up for you, then we can make a determination about whether they are a match or not. 
I love it. Right? Okay. What generally people do is like figure out, are we a match? Do we, and then two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks down the line, you realize this person isn't really showing up for me. Right. Exactly. Right? Yes. And it's a waste of time. A waste. Okay. Yeah. Great. Now, one other thing you, you, you're really big on is that if, if you're not expecting the best, then you won't get it. You're really big on expectation. So can you share a little bit about that? Like, why do you say that? If you're not expecting the best, you won't get it. Yeah. So here's where I'm at with that. When I say the best, I mean how one shows up. Meaning like we can only put expectations on ourselves. I'm not in I'm not in the school of thought where we're putting expectations on people. I'm actually in not so much of a judgment mode. And this is one of the things that I help my clients do. But I'm always in observation and acceptance mode. If this person doesn't want to show up for you, we're going to accept that as that's how that person is. And that's great. But we're making a conscious decision not to engage with that. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love and relationships is about acceptance full acceptance of the other person. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself judging harshly, right, you probably aren't ready for a relationship. And if you're judging harshly and you're not accepting a lot of other people, it ultimately means that you're not accepting yourself and you need to figure out the parts of yourself that you're not accepting so you can clear that up so that you can start accepting other people for who they are and how they choose to represent themselves in life and in relationships. Wow. Mm. That's that's deep. That is really deep. You're not ex- accepting yourself, right? So it's something about that that's making you be, you know, judgmental against somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. And patience. Patience is something that you say is very important um, when you are trying to get your guy. And and why you say that? And 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 what do you mean by the word patience in this instance? Yeah, no problem. So, you know, this is exactly why I work with my clients for six months. Generally, around month four is when they find their guy. Oh, sorry about the background noise. Okay. Um, generally, around month four is when they find their guy. But the women that I work with, smart and successful, high-achieving women, um, are used to just putting something on their to-do list and checking it off and getting it done and going hard until it's done. This is not about doing things hard and, and you know, um, burning the candle at both ends. This is a marathon with a certain pace, and you need to figure out what that pace is so that you can continue to maintain that, mm-hmm. right? So when I say patience, that's what I mean. I mean being able to, like, you know, not go out of 10 with, with all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Your love life is just a, a part of you. It's not everything. Right. If you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself and this is the number one thing and you're on eight different apps and you going out to bars and clubs and museums and all of this stuff just to try to find a guy, oh my God. probably not going to work out for you. And you're also putting a lot of pressure on yourself, right? Right. Realize that your romantic goals is just a part of you, just like your financial, your educational, your health. You have so many different goals that you should be pursuing at this time, right? And that romantic is just part of it. So we have to kind of be addressing our, our, our love life accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that requires some patience, right? And a certain sort of pace so that you can, as my great-grandmother would say, Granny, go slow so you can go some mom. That's great. I like it. I like it. And before we mm-hmm. go, uh, speaking about uh, go for long, and, and 
when you're when you have a client and um, after they've finished your process, um, there are a lot of benefits, obviously, um, to get their guy. But there, those benefits can be for other things too. I mean, I heard Dina talk about how it helped her with finding a job or you know landing that modeling you know gig and different all kinds of different things. It just helped her show up better. So not only does your program help you with getting that other guy, getting a guy, but it helps in other areas of, of their lives as well. So can you kind of share that too before we go about how going through coaching can also help you in other areas? Yeah, totally. You know, I truly believe how we do one thing is how we do everything. So if you're showing up a certain kind of way in your relationships, you're probably showing up in a similar way with your family, with your friends, and at work. It's no, it's no surprise to me that roughly 50% of my clients get a promotion while they're in my program because they're showing up different and they're asking for more, the things that they actually want and having the confidence to communicate those things and communicate them in a way that's digestible for the parties that they're communicating with, right? So um, when it comes to other things, part of what I do in my one-on-one sessions is we talk about their life. I have to know what's going on with your life and how you're showing up in it. Because those can be practice grounds for how you will do in your relationship life and your love life, right? So if you're telling me that, you know, your mom is coming to visit you and, you know, you're not setting great boundaries with her, then we're going to work on that that week, Good. right? Because if you can set boundaries with your mom, you can set boundaries with, your, with the people that you're dating in a way that they're going to be able to respect those boundaries and treat you the way that you want to be treated. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned I always that. say, like, you know, even the greatest guys on earth are going to get it right 60% of the time, which means that you're going to have to communicate how you want to be treated for the other 40%. And if you don't have the confidence or you don't know how to assert your voice to let them know how you want to be treated and do it in a way that they can digest it and truly understand it, you're going to be, it's going to be hard for you. So those are skills that need to be learned. I love it. Setting the boundaries. And I meant to, to ask you that question, too, because I remember Dina talking about, you know, I think her dad and her brother always wanted her to watch the dogs and whatever while they were away. And she never really yeah. liked doing it, but she just did it anyway. And um, finally, mm-hmm. after, you know, working with you, you got her to be more honest about, you know, what she wanted to do and what she didn't want to do. And being able to That's say right. no if she wanted to, at which helped her not only with uh, her working with her dad and stuff with the dogs, but also in relationships. So I'm glad that you mentioned the, the setting boundaries because that's, that, that's really important. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So how can people get in touch with you on your coaching business um, and, and get coached and so they can get their guy? Yeah. Yes, girl. Yeah. Well, obviously, um, you know, when they are done listening to your amazing podcast, they can always take a listen to mine. It's called Get Your Guy Coaching Podcast. And we talk about some of these these issues, uh, you know, in a very kind of very deep manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they're interested in getting to know me a little bit and maybe booking a free consultation, they can go to my website, www.getyourguycoaching.com. And there's a section there to book a free consultation. In that consultation, you know, my objective is really to to really get some clarity around what's been hindering you from achieving your love goals. So I'm going to ask you about the things that are working in your love life, not working, what your actual love goals are. And then I'll give you some clarity in terms of why you haven't been able to achieve them. 
And, you know, as you can tell, I keep it very real. <laughs> I treat all of my clients or potential clients like family. So I'm just going to talk to you like you're my sister. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, a lot of a lot of people who do this consultation call, you know, let me know that it is life changing and a game changer for them. And, you know, often they get emotional. But, you know, that's where it starts. Yeah. I so. like your style. I really do. I like your style. You're very easy to talk to. And uh, I can imagine that, and, and even listening to Dina, I can tell you, you are like family. I mean, it's almost like you're their brother, you know what I mean? And so you yeah. just you just really get close to them and you're able to tell them things even that might be hard to hear, but you're able to do that yeah. anyway. So I like your style. I really do. Um, so Thank you. how is it that people can, you know, get in touch with you? There's various different ways, right? You have a website, you have a show. So how can they get in touch with you? Facebook? Yeah, Instagram, yeah. Like I said, um, my podcast, Get Your Guy Coaching Podcast, um, on my website, www.getyourguycoaching.com. Okay. There's a place there to get a free consultation. I have an IG, um, Get Your Guy underscore Coaching. Um, so follow. I do lives there probably every other week, and I do general Q and A to help anyone who needs to be served at that time. Yeah, those are the best ways to get in contact with me. All right. Well, thanks so much, Anwar, for coming on. You've been just fantastic, I, I tell you. Thank you for having me. You Thank have... you for having me. I love I love this work, as you can tell. I know. I'm going to do it until I can't do it no more. Yes. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I, I can imagine you helping lots and lots of women out there and maybe even men, too. And um, it, it's just great. Your work is so, so much needed. And um looks like you're doing a fantastic job so hats off to you thank you so much yes. appreciate it all right and listeners thank you guys um for listening to the lover's lounge podcast anwar he's dropped some nuggets on us today right ladies out there mm, there are good guys out there but how are you showing up that's the thing and are you willing to do the work if it's not working right now, are you willing to do the work? All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Lover's Lounge podcast, where we talk to experts and other guests on topics related to love, relationships, and sex. I'm your host, Tina Love. And until next time, peace. And please don't forget, love.